All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey there, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to Episode 3 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. I am thrilled to have you with me today, and I want to uh, make the most of our time together, so let's jump in. Today, I want to invite you to a, a different kind of conversation, one I hope you'll enjoy, and I hope it helps you unlock some things in your life and shine a light on your journey along the Higher Purpose Pathway. You know, I enjoy rich, deep conversations, the kind you get in and and time just freezes and all of a sudden you realize you've, you've been in conversation an hour, two hours, three hours. Just recently, Gwen, my wife and I, were up in the mountains of western North Carolina visiting her sister, Connie. And on Sunday morning, we ended up sitting around the fire ring outdoors there and we had one of those conversations. And we kept putting wood on the fire, wood on the fire, and all of a sudden, you know, like three hours had passed. So here's a suggestion for you. Actually, maybe it's more of an invitation. I'd like you to picture yourself sitting around the campfire with us there. Or maybe you see yourself in a coffee shop tucked away in the corner of your favorite coffee shop. Mine is Scooter's Coffee in Roswell, Georgia, where Deanna and John just do an amazing job providing an environment that's rich for conversation and connection, along with great coffee. So see us sitting there. We're talking about our search for connection, meaning, and purpose in life. I call it the Higher Purpose Pathway. One thing that's really key to understand is you don't travel it alone. None of us do. Actually, you can't travel it alone. Purpose always involves people. That's just how we're wired. As John Donne, the English poet, put it, and I've quoted this poem for years, or this line from the poem, no man or woman is an island of itself. Every man is connected to the main. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Life is interconnected. We're all interconnected with one another. So today, I want to talk about seven people that you meet along the Higher Purpose Pathway. We've actually provided a resource sheet you can access in the show notes where you can jot some notes, identify the people who've served these roles in your life. You can do that now, you can do it later, whichever works for you. If you're driving, do it later, okay? I want to describe some of the people you've either met or will meet along the way. And while I'm doing that, I want to introduce you to the people who've served those roles in my life. Uh, A couple of thoughts before we get started. So while I'm going to talk about these seven people in one order, there's no prescribed order in which you meet them. Some of these people will occupy a very significant role in your life, and they may be with you for for seasons of your life, a long season. Others, it's more like a supporting cast role or even a cameo appearance. You know, they just, they make a, a brief appearance for a period of time, but they have an impact, and it's the impact that's important. A couple of other things. One, they don't wear name tags. It's not like you can see them and go, oh, I, you, I've i been waiting for you to cross my pathway. No, uh, it, it's much more 
organic than that. And many of them are oblivious to the role they play in your life. We'll talk about that as we go through. Uh, and there's no script. There's no casting call. It's not like these people are just reading a script and, and responding to the act. It just happens. And if you continue the journey long enough, or if you've been on the journey long enough, I believe you will encounter all seven of these people. The first person you meet, let's talk about the first one. The first person you meet along the way is the awakener. Perhaps you meet more than one awakener. I certainly have. The awakener, often they see something in you that you don't even see in yourself, at least not yet. And they call it out. Or actually they wake it up. They wake you up. Before you met the awakener, you're just going through the motions of life, whatever that looks like for you. You may be living for the moment. Maybe you're living for the next weekend. Maybe you're going for the gusto, living in la-la land, whatever it is. You're just, you know, in your own little world. And then you you have an encounter with the awakener or or the awakeners and all of a sudden you, you you recognize there's purpose surrounding you there's purpose for your life that there's more to your life that you are meant for more you have a purpose you have a calling and you're on a quest suddenly your life takes on new meaning it becomes an adventure and, and it's like going from you know being in a black and white world to high-definition technicolor. Boom! It's just incredible. It's almost as though, you know, being like Pilgrim, in the beginning of Pilgrim's Progress, you're setting out for the celestial city. You're on this journey, and you're eager to get started. A couple of things to remember. There's not a, a, a magic incantation that the Awakener comes by and they speak these magic words. They're not reading out of the Awakener handbook. Uh, it could be a, a close encounter with someone or it could be a chance encounter. Just somebody passing by. Uh, you know, you're sitting in a convention center uh, at a conference and you hear a speaker and all of a sudden they connect with you and they awaken something in you. Or maybe it's one of those conversations on the airplane, in a train, or at a coffee shop, and you just get into a conversation that has that same effect. It can happen any kind of way. Let me talk about two awakeners in my life. One of those happened in the, the mid-80s. Gwen and I, at that time, we were living in Birmingham. Uh, we had been in Perry, Georgia, which was our hometown, uh, for the weekend, and we're driving through Atlanta, you had to drive through Atlanta to get to, to Birmingham, and we're scanning the radio station. Yeah, this is back in the 80s when you actually scan the dial, and all of a sudden caught this interview, and there was a conversation with this guy, Philip Bray, who had launched this new uh, organization, ministry in Atlanta, called Safe House, and they were doing some really cool things, it, it, as he told the story. They were reaching out to girls, women on the street. Now we would call that victims of child sexual exploitation. I don't think we're using that label in the 80s. But they were reaching out to women who had, were being exploited and helping them escape that life and find a new life, providing them a safe house and a transition. I remember looking at Gwen like, wow, I want to meet that guy. Well, I had no idea that I would, but it would be some 13 years later. Uh, and we were at a, a 
fundraising event one night in Atlanta, and Philip Ray was on the program. And Philip and I connected that night and exchanged business cards, set up an appointment for lunch next week. And a long story short, uh, Philip and I started a friendship that has endured now almost 20 years from that point. And, and he has certainly been an awakener for me. And I've told Philip this many times. Uh, at that time, I was working in the corporate world. And meeting Philip, getting involved with Safe House, opened some doors for me, awakened some things in me. And it actually led me to what became a career transition. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, probably, had I not met Philip Ray. So that's one of the awakeners. The other awakener in my life that I'll share with you comes at a very dark season, and this was uh, a few years back. In 2001, I had left corporate America, joined a startup company that failed after September 11, 2001. September, I mean, then in 2002, found myself out of work for a period of months, ended up in, in a battle with depression and a bout of depression. And, you know, depression is a serious thing. Uh, if you've never battled it, uh, once you do, you, you have more empathy and sympathy for those that do. So I, I was depressed. I probably didn't know it right then, but I was in, in a darkness. And a friend of mine, Ronnie, invited us to attend a, a church with them. And we went to a vineyard church. And uh, Vineyard was founded by John Wimber. John Wimber had passed away years before this encounter. But the, the, the guy that was speaking that day said, I'm going to talk about faith. And John Wimber spelled faith, R-I-S-K. And he goes on preaching about faith. And at some point in, the conver- or in his sermon, he said, for some of you sitting here, the greatest risk you'll take is to take no risk at all. Well, boom, that shot landed square between my eyes. You see, after this, this business had failed and, and I had uh, you know, just kind of shut down and, and shrunk in and, and thought I had failed and, and that life was over, uh, that there was no real another chance for me, and, and you know, I'd missed my shot at purpose. But that day, that was an awakening to me, for me, and, and it led me out of that darkness, and it led me to, a a couple of years later, starting a new business uh, that I still lead today, X-Factor Consulting, and, and, you know, certainly uh, part of a significant part on my pathway to purpose. What about you? I'm wondering, who are your awakeners? Who are the awakeners that have, have crossed paths with you or have intersected in your life and awakened you? I'd love to hear about that. So once you're awakened, you're excited. And if you're like me, sometimes you're not always uh, real careful with that excitement. You know, the, the enthusiasm uh, kicks in and, and wisdom kind of leaves and you start telling anybody. Well, actually, you tell everybody. And sometimes you make a poor choice in who you tell. Have you ever had this happen to you? You're all excited and, and you go back and you see an old friend or a good buddy or you cross paths with somebody. Oh, let me tell you what's going on. And, and you know, rather than leaning in, as Sheryl Sandberg suggests, they start drawing back. They lean back, they cross their arms, their, their, fr- their brow furrows, their, their face gets this really concerned look. Now, they haven't had an awakening yet. And they look at you and go, are you Okay. You've been drinking? Do you need to see a doctor? 
right? Uh, wow. The, and then all of a sudden you remember that the last time you saw this person, you might have been out partying with them, or maybe you were just commiserating with them at a different kind of party, a pity party. You're sitting around the office and you're talking about how bad life is and how life sucks. And, you know, and now all of a sudden they're looking at you and they're thinking, what happened to you? The last time we were together, we were both, you know, down. You just met a doubter. And that's Sec, the second person or people you often meet are these doubters. Sad, but true, you'll probably meet more than one doubter along your way. And these are people that want to rain on your parade because it's raining on their parade. Life's been difficult for them. Life is difficult for them. And, and they just don't see any hope, chance, or, or light shining. And they begin to create doubt in your mind. They ask questions like, well, what makes you so special? Who do you think you are? You know, what's wrong with the way you used to be? All of those things. Uh, and then they go, you know, well, that might work for them, those people you've met. That might work for them, but it would never work for you. I know you. I, this will wear off. You know, all of those things that are doubters. So here's what I, I want to suggest. Recognize the doubters and distance yourself from the doubters. At least distance yourself from those conversations. Set up some kind of barriers. Now, if you're anything like me, boundaries, not barriers, set up boundaries in your life to, to prevent the doubters from dousing your fire and, and dampening your, your excitement and enthusiasm. But if you're anything like me, the doubter that plagues me most often is the one that has taken up residence in my head. Help me out. Please tell me you have an inner doubter too, the one that, that you know, just whispers those words of doubt and, and, and tries to get you to rethink and, and draw back and, and shrink back. I don't want you to make too big of a list of doubters, but, you know, identify the doubters. Hopefully, shortly after you meet an, a doubter, that is followed with an encourager. I love encouragers. And we need all the encouragers we can get in our journeys with us. You see, encouragers, all of a sudden, they see you as capable, competent. They see you as strong. They build your confidence. They make deposits, rich deposits into your life. They give you courage. Actually, that's the origin, the French origin of the word uh, encourage. Is, it comes from uh, core. And it means to pour into, to pour into the heart, to strengthen the heart. That's what happens when someone encourages you. So the encouragers in your life, put them on your, your favorites list. Put them on your speed dial. Keep them close. Keep them where, where you can contact them in a moment's notice when you've met the doubter. You know, if you want a picture of the encourager, if you've seen the movie The Help, if not, uh, we, we need to put a, a link in the show notes to this clip where Viola Davis's character, who is a, a domestic in the uh, late 50s, early 60s in the South, and she has been a nanny to this young girl and, you know, little girl, and, and she's being separated from her. But uh, the, the child's parents don't really make deposits into her life. And all of a sudden, Viola Davis's character looks at the little girl and she says, you is kind, you is smart, you is impotent. And the girl says, I is kind, I is smart, I is impotent. Folks, 
We all need an encourager. Be an encourager to others. I want to tell you, I'm blessed with several encouragers. And one of my greatest encouragers is my wife, Gwen. Last year, I was in a dry season and a tough place. Uh, It was the second time in my adult life that I was battling with depression. And one day, I walked into my office, and I saw this huge sign on a door. Three words on it. Four words. I believe in you. That sign is still there today. I see it every day when I walk into the office. Folks, we all need someone to believe in us. So who are your encouragers? Who are the people that believe in you? Who are the people that see you as strong, capable, competent, and that want to encourage you on your pathway to purpose? So we've talked about the awakener. We've talked about the uh, doubter. We've talked about the encourager. The next two categories are, are closely connected. The heroes. These are our people who inspire you and whose example you seek to emulate. You know, a hero can, can be someone that's very close up and personal, or it could be someone distant, historical, someone that you don't even know, someone that lived in another generation, but they inspire you. Their example inspires you. So who are your heroes on your pathway to purpose, and who are the people who have inspired you? I'll share about three heroes briefly. You know, the first is is my mom. Uh, well, actually, my mom and dad were both heroes. But but I always think of my mom in the example of, of servant leadership and someone who really taught me the value of service at such a young age. My mom, barely five foot tall, was always serving others. She She just made it her mission in life to serve other people. And, and I, I just love that example from my mom. And wherever my mom went, uh, she was looking for the opportunity to, to do good for others, whether that was, uh, you know, very practical things, preparing a meal, uh, helping someone with their garden, helping someone with their flowers, their, their yard, uh, all kinds of things. So, but she was a hero because she was always focused on others. Another hero for me is Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott, uh, perhaps you know, uh, I have a plaque on my wall. I'm looking at it now. Uh, The very first quotation, I've become a collector of quotations through the years, but the first quotation I ever collected still hangs on my wall today. And it was uh, Jim Elliott's mantra in life. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Another hero for me is Mother Teresa. Again, a short woman, petite in stature, huge in influence and impact. And and this woman who gave her all for the very least of society in India. And, And Mother Teresa, quite a hero for me. Who are your heroes? I'd love to hear that. Uh, Heroes, another closely connected to heroes are mentors. So um, a mentor that Difference between a hero and a mentor to me, and and I understand you can have virtual mentors who are from another time or another location. I have mentors like that, but I think the the best mentors are those that are up close and personal. You know, they're, they're mentors from history that I admire. Uh, I'm in a program where Michael Hyatt 
who calls himself the virtual mentor. He's someone I look at as a virtual mentor. But I want to talk to you about the folks that have done life-on-life mentoring with me, and I think that's the best type of mentoring. And, And I want to mention that some of the best mentoring you will ever experience is organic. It is not structured at all. The the first uh, several mentors I had in my life, I didn't even know the word mentor at that time, I don't think. And it wasn't that I had applied to a program and had been matched with them, but these were uh, or life-on-life relationships. The very first one, uh, when, when I was just a young teenager, was a guy named Kerry Kelly. He was a freshman in college. We had met through church, and this guy just, for, for about a year, poured richly into my life and laid a lot of the strong foundations that have continued to this day. Uh, a little bit later, after meeting Carrie, a couple moved to our town. And this was before they had children. And this couple, they are so special to me, Bill and Mary Beth Milby. And for some reason, when I'm you know, 14, 15 years old, they take me in. Uh, and just provided a a safe haven, a refuge. And Bill uh, took me on my first airplane ride. He was a pilot, went up on a Cessna, first time I'd ever flown. Uh, First time I was ever on a sailboat was out with Bill. Uh, Bill, I went motorcycle riding with Bill, all these things. But Bill and Mary Beth both poured into me at a very uh, crucial and pivotal time in my life. Since there there have been other mentors, some of them have been formal, like Chuck Colson. I was in a year-long mentorship program with Chuck Colson. Uh, informal mentors have been Doug Small, Hilde Gottlieb, Ray Edwards, and a host of others. So, you know, I thank God for heroes, mentors, encouragers. We need them. And, and so who, who's been a mentor to you? I'd encourage you to think about it. And I'd love for you to to share that with me at some point. I'd love to hear who have been your heroes and mentors. But we need heroes, mentors, and encouragers, especially when we encounter the next group of people or category of people that I see us encountering on the higher purpose pathway. I wish you didn't have to cross paths with this person. But if you travel long enough, you will. It's the critic. And oh, that you could meet only one critic in your life. But you know, one of the things I've noticed, that the bigger your dream, the more noble, grander, greater your purpose is, the bigger the magnet it is to draw critics. Critics are those people that always find fault. They love to pour cold water on your hot coals. They're like the trolls that live under the bridge, and they'll always come out as you're passing. They'll always find something wrong with what you did. You write a thousand-word blog post, and you've got one typo in it. And they send you the, you know, they make a comment, or they send you the email um, about that blog post. There was a typo. They, no comment, no positive comment, no affirmation. They just want to nitpick about the one thing you did wrong. So what I've discovered is there's only one way to avoid the critic. Dream nothing, say nothing, do nothing. And who wants to live like that? So there's another way to deal with critics. Because doing nothing, saying nothing, that's too high of a price to pay to get rid of the critics. I love what uh, Theodore Roosevelt said. He had this great speech, the man in the arena speech. And I hope you bear with me. I'm going to read a couple of, uh, a paragraph, a, a few sentences from this, because this is powerful. It is not 
the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Let me repeat that. There is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself or herself in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if they fail, at least fail while daring greatly? so that their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. My goal, folks, is if I fail, I want to fail daring greatly. I want to fail attempting something bigger, bolder, and, and, you know, more audacious than anything I've ever done in life. I don't want to fail sitting on the sidelines playing it safe. I don't think you do either. So if you fail, by all means, let it be when you're daring greatly. And silence the voice of the critic by your perseverance. There's one more person that we meet on the pathway. Hopefully there's a whole cadre of these people as well. It's what I call the ally. The kindred spirit, someone who comes along sharing the common cause or the call that, that's captivated you on your higher purpose path. Allies, they have your back and you have theirs. You know, some allies are with you for a short season. Other allies are with you for the long haul. And, and again, they play various roles. This could be someone who's behind the scene and, and no one ever hears their name or, or they don't, they're not in the spotlight. But you could have an ally that's sharing the stage with you and in the spotlight. You know, one of the things that I want to uh, suggest to you, the solopreneur, if you've ever used that term, if you are in business by yourself for yourself and you've ever thought that was cute and clever to say, I'm a solopreneur, let me tell you something. That is a myth. You and me cannot do it alone. You can't do anything of significance alone. Bill Withers got this right in his song, Lean On Me. We all need somebody to lean on. I'm blessed with an army of allies. Believe it or not, there's a small army of allies making this podcast possible, and I want to publicly thank them. I'll start with Megan Doherty and Audra Casino. These ladies are absolutely amazing, and you wouldn't be hearing this podcast now apart from their expert assistance. You know, I identified 20 allies, and I emailed them asking for their recommendations of who do you know that I should know and, and interview for uh, future episodes of the Higher Purpose podcast. Well, there's a list of folks that responded and have helped with that. The ones that have already been instrumental in, in connections uh, of some of the interviews that you'll hear in, in the weeks ahead. P.J. Simmons, uh, he connected me to Paul Sohn. Uh, Chris Patton connected me to Mark Tim. 
And and then Ginger Slanger, I just hung up a phone, I hung up a call uh, from a connection Ginger introduced me to. So those are folks, other folks that I just want to shout out to. Christy Kern, Ann Vertel, Michael Hudson, Mike Kim, Leslie Unruh, Barbara Canero, Devin Marks, Brian Davidson, Tony Kim, Tiffany Applegate, Susan Knox, Todd Michaels, Melissa Gordon, and the list goes on and on. You are my allies. You have my gratitude and my love. Then there's a whole other list of folks. These are are folks that have stepped up to be part of the launch team for the Higher Purpose Pathway Uh, the Higher Purpose Podcast, and there are too many of them to mention. But it's a small army of allies uh, who are passionate about the pursuit of purpose, and they want to help get the word out so other people learn about the Higher Purpose Podcast. They're also providing suggestions for content. So thank you to all of you. And then I don't want to forget the members of the Higher Purpose community. These are people who've shared the journey with me over the last 14, 15 months uh, via a Facebook community. I'm grateful for each and every one of you for your support. I hope that dispels the myth that this is a solo effort. While I'm the host of the podcast, there's an army of folks making it happen. Who are your allies? Like me, you need an army. And I hope you have an army. If not, I hope you're, you're putting yourself out there in the right places to begin to meet the allies, people you can serve on their journey to purpose, people who will serve your, you on yours, and people that, with whom you will co-labor to do more together than you could ever do independently of one another. So there you have it. You have the seven people you will encounter along your pathway to purpose. Awakeners, encouragers, heroes, mentors, and allies. And then, of course, the critics and the doubters. Well, what are you to do with this information? Here are some takeaways that I have for you. Remember, one of my goals is to make this practical. Number one, download the, the resource sheet. Make your list. Take some time. To, to consider who has served these roles in your life and on your journey. When I first created this content, I took an afternoon, a Friday afternoon, and as I recall, it took me about two hours that I spent sending emails, uh, handwritten notes, uh, tweets to folks that had been instrumental in my pathway to purpose. So that's the second thing that I would encourage you to do is to contact your awakeners, your heroes, mentors, encouragers, and allies to express your gratitude. Maybe you write them a card or or send them a letter or call. Maybe you do it publicly via a tweet. If you send a tweet, I'd love it if you'd include me. That's at Kevin underscore Monroe, and let's use the hashtag seven people, the number seven people. So if you thank someone on Twitter or Facebook, hashtag them with seven people, and let's have some fun with this. I want to assure you something, that most of them probably have no idea how they influenced you, and your act of gratitude will be an act of grace and an act of blessing to them. It'll put a smile on their face. Okay, you know, there are also the, the critics and the doubters. Resist the urge to write them letters. That probably wouldn't serve any good purpose. Just give them more ammunition. They'd find a typo in your letter, the critic, and, and send it back to you. Now, you know, it, it may do you some good to get it off your heart, but I'm talking about the people who've been positive influences in your life. Contact them. 
Number three thing you might to, to do, if you want more heroes, mentors, encouragers, and allies in your life, I invite you to join the Higher Purpose community. It's a Facebook group, and it's free. Go to livehigherpurpose.com or find the link in the show notes. Request your participation in the community, and we'd love to have you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you have, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com or take another step and leave a review for the podcast. That's one of the greatest things you can do to help a, a new podcast grow. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey, the next episodes are our are, are first interviews, uh, and, and there are three coming up in the next three series. You don't want to miss them. The first is a conversation with Mark Tim of Ziegler Family. And I'll just leave you a, a, a takeaway from that as a, a taste. When I was talking to Mark, I realized if you're a parent, you have a purpose. You don't have to go looking further than your home for your purpose in life if you're a parent. So tune in for the next episode. Until then, I want to encourage you to keep pursuing purpose in your life. And remember, you are meant for more. Why settle for less? Why settle for less?